Morning Thrive. My name is Marizal and I will be your online host for today. If this is your first time visiting us, please let us know. You can text me to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we will mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. We are delighted to have you here at Thrive. Here at Thrive Kids, we teach your children to be the light that helps others see. Just like Matthew 5 verse 16 tells us to, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So don't forget to visit mythrive.info for the kids activity and the Zoom class every Sunday from 10.45am to 11.15am. Let's give our children the opportunity to shine bright. Father's Day is coming up next week. So my question for you today is, what is your dad best at? I haven't seen my dad in a while as he's living in South Africa. But when I think about my dad, I always miss his hugs. He's the best at comforting me with his words of wisdom. How about you? What's your dad best at? love to see you again so take a selfie of yourself and the people watching with you and share it on your social media remember to include us at hashtag thrive church online and now get your bible and notebook ready for a fun and powerful service together Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If this is your first time here, you are what we call our VIP, and we especially want to welcome you. In fact, if you are new here, we've got a special gift for you. If you want to go to mythrive.info and you want to press the button new to Thrive, we would love to send straight to your door your very own stainless steel Thrive Church water bottle, just a simple way to say thanks so much for joining us today. Can we give all of our VIPs in this place a big hand? Just welcome to church today. It is so good to have you here. In fact, we've got a saying here at Thrive, which is a welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you welcome one another to church today? Go into your chat rooms right now and welcome one another there. Maybe you're sitting beside someone today. Would you give them a high five, a handshake, a warm hug, or an air version of any of those? And let's just welcome one another to the house of God today. It is so good to have each and every one of you here. Welcome to Thrive Church Online. Right now, we want to get into a few things before we get into the message really quick. Next week, everyone say next week. Next week, that's Sunday, June the 20th, it is Father's Day. And we can't wait to celebrate Father's Day with you. All the dads in the house, that is your day especially. And we've got a special gift for you. If you want to send us your mailing address, we would love to send to your door something very special just for the dads in the house. And so encourage you to sign up for that. Go to mythought.info, send us your mailing address to get your very special gift to honor you on this very special Father's Day. Another thing I want to let you know, so proud of each and every one of you, Thrive Church, because last week we made an announcement, which is in light of the horrible news of hearing about 215 children, their remains being found at an old residential school site in Kamloops. Uh, We uh, put it out to all of you last week that a portion of our offerings from last week would be going toward uh, sponsoring, supporting the Ku'us Crisis Hotline uh, Society, which which supports and operates a 24-7 uh, hotline specifically for First Nations and Indigenous peoples uh, so that they can receive help in their time of need uh, for, you know, whether it's counseling for trauma related to residential schools or uh, with respect to abuse or addiction or suicide ideation or family issues or crime, all those different things. We decided we wanted to sponsor and support this hotline. And so I'm here to announce uh, with a lot of gratitude to every single person who gave toward that cause that last week we raised $3,200 for the Ku'us Crisis Hotline Society. Let's give God a big hand, a big shout for that right now. Praise God. 
Praise God. Thank you, church, for being such a generous church and for making a difference with the way that you give. Here's believing that God is going to use what we gave to make a real difference and bring hope to people, uh, especially among First Nations peoples and Indigenous peoples as well. Praise God. You guys are an amazing church. So proud of you for giving. So proud of you for being the kind of church that you are. And here's believing the best is yet to come. Do you guys bring your Bibles here today? It's time to get those out right now. I'm so excited for today's message. Why don't you grab your Bibles right out right now and we're gonna hold it up like so. This is a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message today. And so if you could say this out loud with me together, let's do that right now. We're gonna say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And hey, by the way, if you are new to church, new to the Bible, new to Jesus, new to Christianity, we are so thrilled that you're here. We hope that you find the Thrive Church is a safe place for you, a place where you can just be yourself, a place where you can find some hope and some encouragement, a place where you can find some community, a place where you maybe find some answers to any of the questions that you're asking. And if we can serve you in any way at all, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca. You can also go to our Next Steps website called mythrive.info for other next steps that you can take. It is so good to have you here. Well, before I introduce our very special speaker today, uh, I wanted to uh, let you know something that has been in the works for a long time, and I finally get to tell you about it today. We are starting something very, very special happening on July 14th. It is Thrive Discipleship School Level 3. Can you give God a big hand for that? For those of you who don't know, for those who don't know, Thrive Disciple School is something we created here at Thrive Church to help people grow in their relationship with God. And we've seen hundreds of people take this course together with us to grow in the relationship with God. And if you've taken TDS, you know just how helpful and worthwhile of a thing that is to take. And I'm so excited to let you know that this coming July 14th is the launch of Thrive Disciple School Level 3. And so if you've taken Levels 1 and two already, and that includes so many of you watching right now, I encourage you to sign up for Thrive Disciple School Level 3 happening July the 14th. And the fact is, space is limited. And so you do not want to miss this opportunity. I encourage you to be one of the first to take Thrive Disciple School Level 3. We call it embracing your God-given shape. And so we are so excited for this. You do not want to miss this opportunity. And so I encourage you to go to mythought.info and sign up for that. It's going to be possibly one of the best decisions you make this coming summer. And so we hope to do for you to join us for Thrive Disciple School Level 3. Would you turn your neighbor and say, I can't wait for TDS 3. Can't wait for TDS 3. We put so much work into this, believing that it's going to help many, many people. And we hope it's a blessing to you. TDS 3. Well, hey, we're doing a series here at Thrive. It's called Waiting for Sunrise. And in this series, we're looking at the book of Isaiah, a powerful book in the Old Testament, and asking the question, how do you keep your hope alive in a time of waiting? Praise God, in a time of waiting, we can still have hope. And the fact is that, uh, you know, the book of Isaiah teaches us a whole lot, not just about how to have hope in a time of waiting, but so much about who God is, what his plans are for us, some really helpful, practical lessons we learn from the book of Isaiah. And that's what we're doing in this series called Waiting for Sunrise. And here to bring the message today, I could not be more excited to introduce to you our very special speaker. He is one of our best students here at Thrive Preaching School. He is also, together with his lovely wife, Marcy, and an amazing team, uh, the leader of Thrive Youth Club, our ministry to teens. It's an amazing Thrive Youth Club that we have here. And so if you know teens uh, who could really use some community, want to get connected, uh, then make sure you check out Thrive Youth Club as well. But here, not just representing Thrive Youth Club, not just representing Thrive Preaching School, but representing all of us here in our Thrive Church family, would you please give a big, warm welcome to our very, very amazing Raul Mazariego. Let's give him a big hand. Let's play together right now. Praise God. All right. Good morning, Thrive Church. Welcome to Waiting for Sunrise. 
episode 10. That's right. We are in episode 10 and we are going through a series through the book of Isaiah, like Pastor JB just mentioned. Uh, this is a series on how to have hope and hold on to hope in those moments of wait, because sometimes that's all we can do is just wait. And I think for our generation, waiting is challenging, right? We, we've grown accustomed to technology that has given us instant gratification and that makes it harder to wait. Think about it. Now with our phones, we can, if we have a question, we can Google it, right? If we need something, you can ship it. And if you're craving something or don't feel like cooking, now you can order it and have it delivered right to your house. And that convenience is so nice because you get to see when your orders received, you can see when they're making it, you can see when the driver is on its way, you have an estimated time of arrival. But the problem with that is that's not how prayer works, right? Prayer, we can't necessarily see when God God sees it or receives it. We have to have this element of trust that God heard it. And the harder part, I think, is we can't see when God is working on it, right? We have to trust that God is working on it in his perfect timing. We can't see when we will receive a response. And I think that's what makes waiting so hard. And I don't think you have to be a generation that's grown up with technology to have this difficulty or this challenge to wait on God, because I think about the people uh, that Isaiah talks to in the last chapters, right? In, in chapters 40 through 66, as they're living in exile, reading these promises, they're probably thinking, God, did you forget your promise? Or God, are we not worthy? Did we mess up? Where, where are you on these promises, right? Their status was not fully uh, 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 clear for them. And so waiting is hard, right? But we know that when Isaiah is writing these final chapters where the messages of hope are super strong, very very, very pronounced, right? God is not just dealing with their, their problem of captivity. We learned last week that Pastor JB said that there was two captivities. There's the first one, the immediate one, this geopolitical one, right? Where they were living in enemy land as captives. But there's also a bigger captivity that affects everybody, not just Israel. And that is the bondage of sin, right? Sin affects all of us. And so in the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, we see that Israel was warned countless times by God. He said, hey, I have a sin issue to deal with and I need you to repent. I need you to turn your heart from sin or you will be subject to this judgment. But we see from history that they didn't turn from sin, right? And they chose sin over God and sin led them into exile. Now, the same goes for us. If we choose sin over God, we too will be led into captivity, into bondage. But bondage of what? Well, bondage into this system where you have to labor for, for your joy, for your peace, for your provision. And for some of us, maybe it's not that hard, right? Maybe you have circumstances where you grew up in a rich family and you have all the wealth in the world. That's great, but that's not the case for everybody. And so even those who have wealth, we know like uh, money doesn't buy happiness. So we know that there's this bondage that sin creates where we thirst for the wrong things. We hunger for the wrong things. In other words, life is not fully satisfied. And this is because a life without God will never be satisfying. You see, true satisfaction is found in God. And today in my message title, it's a very simple title, Finding Satisfaction in God, we will be reading Isaiah 55. And we're going to see that God at this point has already addressed the sin issue. Now there is peace between us and God. And when we receive that peace from God, it opens up his doors to now provision to, to true satisfaction in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I could sure use true satisfaction satisfaction in my life, knowing that even when things here on earth are not perfect, that I have a heavenly father taking care of me. Could you use some more satisfaction in your life? Could you use some more love? Could you use some more peace in your life? That this is the message for you. And if you're ready to receive some more of this, then let's read together Isaiah 55 verse 1 through 3. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Here we go. Verse one says, if you are thirsty, come and drink water. If you don't have any money, come eat what you want. Drink wine and milk without paying a cent. Why waste your money on what really isn't food? 
Why work hard for something that doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and you will enjoy the very best foods. Pay close attention. Come to me and live. And I will promise you the eternal love and loyalty that I promise to David. So what's happening here? Well, here there's a celebration going on and God is offering you an invitation to his party. And he's going to showcase some of his best foods and drinks. But what are we celebrating? Well, we're celebrating the end or the victory over sin, right? We're celebrating that there's now peace between you and God. And now he's waiting. He can't wait to show you that that life of satisfaction by what he has to offer. But I like to view this party like like a barbecue. You know, we're at the tail end of, of COVID. We're entering the summer months. And I really believe that a lot of us are going to be doing a lot of uh, makeup barbecues, right? Because it's been so long. And I don't know about you, but the barbecues that we used to throw with my church family back in the States, guys, these were so good. The kind that you would fast all day where the meal prep takes like at least a day, right? And the people bringing food here are the very best of the best for that dish. The kind of dish you will never find at a store, right? It's handmade. It's exclusive to this barbecue and it's the best food. As a matter of fact, my, my uncle, who's a pastry chef, he the first time I ever tried tiramisu was his at one of these uh, gatherings. And to be quite honest, anytime I have tiramisu anywhere else, I'm so disappointed. There's nothing like his. And the same goes. What we are going to see here at God's party is showcasing something that cannot be found here on earth. It cannot be replicated. Now, these types of barbecues are so special. You, you need an invitation from somebody part of that community, right? You can't just be a stranger from off the street to come and join. So if you think about it, God is holy. And how are we who are not necessarily holy, who are imperfect? How can we be invited to this party? Well, you see, someone needed to have vouched for you. Someone needed to have been on the in, on the good inner circle with God to vouch for you and say, hey, they can come to this party, right? So who may that be? Well, let's read verse one. It says, if you don't have any money, come eat what you want. Notice, if you don't have any money. So this isn't by our own merit. It's not like we deserved this, 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 this invitation. Someone is vouching for you. It says, come, eat what you want, drink wine and milk without paying a cent. It's been paid for in advance. So who paid for it in advance? Well, I won't tease you any longer. It's Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, paid for in advance. So here's the thing. You can't get to Isaiah 55 without going through Isaiah 53. And last week, if you didn't hear the message, I please go into our podcast, go into the YouTube channel, go into the church website. Make sure you listen to the message from last week. Pastor JB did an amazing job of, of sharing and breaking down Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, we read about God's messenger, God's agent of salvation. His name is the servant, right? And the servant here in, in Isaiah 53 is sent on a mission to bring salvation. Now, he didn't have to do it. He shouldn't have suffered anything, but he did it out of love. This is, uh, this is commissioned by God from love. Now, watch this. Isaiah 53, 10 says this. The Lord decided his servant would suffer as a sacrifice to take away the sin and guilt of others. That's us. Remember, if we have sin, then we are at war with God. We, we cannot coexist. We cannot live with God, right? We are separate. Sin separates us from God. Now, Romans 3.25 says this. God sent Christ to be our sacrifice. Christ offered his life's blood. So by faith in him, we could come to God. Isaiah 53 is showing us that God is establishing peace amongst us, the sinners, by offering his son or the servant to sacrifice his holy blood. This is the only way we can have peace with God. And when we have peace with God, then we can experience a life of satisfaction. I'll tell you this. If you don't have peace with God, there's no way you can experience peace on earth. There's no way. First, peace needs to come from God, who is the giver of life. Then you will experience life. Then you will experience the satisfaction in life through God. So that needed to have been taken care of first. Again, this party is a celebration of the peace we now have with God. But there's more. But wait, there's more, right? If Jesus, if Jesus is offering us 
his life as as a sacrifice, that means we can now enter into God's presence and God's presence is holy. So this is an exclusive invitation. Think of God's holiness as this. And I don't know why we'll use a scarf, but I'm going to go with the illustration here of a scarf. If a scarf is so white that, I mean, it looks like it's a, it, it illuminates, right? And the weave pattern is perfectly even. And the stitching is, is spaced perfectly. And its line is so straight that you can like design, you know, buildings with it. It's that perfect. Would you lay it on something that smells? No. Would you lay it on something that may, may, may harm or damage the integrity of that scarf? No. God's holiness is the same thing. We, we it need, cannot live with sin, right? And so God needed to offer his life, his perfect life, in order that through his perfection, we are made perfect. We are seen perfect in God's eyes. Romans 5, 8 through 10 says this, but God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us, even though we were sinful. Notice, he loved us already before, while we were sinners, but there's more. Now that God has accepted us because Christ sacrificed his life's blood, he will also be kept safe from God's anger. There's the peace, right? Even when we were God's enemies, he made peace with us because his son died for us. Yet something even greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, we will be saved by the life his son offers us. This party, again, is a celebration of that peace. We can now enter his holy presence because Jesus, his blood, has made us holy. We are perfect through Jesus, not alone. We can't get to heaven on our own, okay? This is through Jesus. So the first and foremost thing I want you to take from the beginning of chapter 55 is that there's an open invitation, but it's not through your merit or my merit. It's through what Jesus laid down his life for. It's the cost that Jesus paid for. So you're invited to this party, but why would you want to go? What's there that, that is worth attending? Well, let's read verse one again. It says, if you are thirsty, come and drink water. If you don't have any money, come eat what you want. Drink wine and milk without paying a cent. I can't help but think about the, the detail here of the milk. It's kind of a weird thing to offer at a party. I don't know, just maybe for me, maybe it's a cultural thing, but I, with God, anytime you read the Bible, these details are not there just because. Okay, so I, I started thinking about it and, and meditating. And I said, God, why, why would you offer milk? I hope it's cold. For me, room temperature milk, right? But why would you offer milk? And see here, I think for the initial audience, for the Jew living in exile, I'm wondering, is God touching at their, their memory, right? Their history with his people. Think about it this way. When Israel, one of the last times they were in captivity, it was bondage with Egypt. And his promise was to free his people and offer them what? A land where milk and honey flows. Hmm. Okay. So what is God trying to do? Maybe, possibly, God is saying, hey, if I promised you and I delivered your ancestors then, why won't I do it now? It's to re-strengthen that promise and say, you can't trust my word because if I said it, I've done it before, therefore I will do it again, right? And, 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 and if you think about the account of Israel in the desert, they, they, so when they leave Egypt, they, they're not automatically in their promised land. They have to journey through a desert. Now, a desert is that, a desert. There's no food or water. So they're now fully dependent. They have to be on God. And what happens here? Well, they ask for food, and God opens up heaven and gives them food. They, they called it manna. Manna meaning, what is that bread? It's wonder bread, right? And, 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 and they had air fried chicken sandwiches. How do I know this? They would cast nets in the air, and birds would get trapped, and they would eat. And, and there's more. They had filtered water. How do I know this? Because the water came from a rock that followed them. What? Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 4 says that that rock was Christ. These guys were being catered to. Their needs were being taken care of by God because he promised them he would take them to this location, to this promised land. And so God in the middle of that wait is providing and fulfilling his promises, right? So that's the appeal to the Jew, maybe for the milk. But there's also a message here for us as well, right? 
It's, it's that there's this history, right? God leaves his word here as a history marker for us. We can see countless times when God makes promises and he fulfills them. And, and one of the ways that I, I think it's important to read the Bible is, 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 I love this verse, is that when God says something, he guarantees it. Watch this, Isaiah 55, uh, verse 10 through 11. Now this says, rain and snow fall from the sky, but they don't return without watering the earth. That produces seeds to plant and grain to eat. That is how it is with my words. They don't return to me without doing everything I send them to do. What can we take from this? That God's word is guaranteed. Why? Because it's coming from God. Simple as that. That's the guarantee. That's where we can place our hope in. And, and I love this illustration here. You know, when rain and snow falls, you know, if we see the snow fall, we, we, we see it kind of like just like uh, melt and then we don't see what happened to the, to the snow or, or the water. But we know from this illustration, it has uh, this rippling effect. It doesn't just end there. It continues to work. God's promises continues to work even after you hear it. So maybe we don't get the status on our phone of seeing where God's you know promises, but I can tell you this much. It's already at work. If God said it, then you can trust it. It's on its way. It's working. It will not return empty. So we can place our faith and our trust in God's promises. You know, we need to have a faith like a five-year-old. Why do I say that? I have this funny story that just took place recently in, in my family's life. Uh, my son, who's five years old, he, he's been having a really hard time sleeping in his bed. And, uh, you know, we, we, we thought, you know, maybe he's watching cartoons that are a little too harsh for him. And then, like, you know, it's giving him nightmares or something. And so we, we removed that. No, that didn't work. Uh, we promised him. We said, no, oh, we'll get you this. No, that didn't work. One day, he slept all night, and I caught him in the morning. I'm like, hey, you did it. Great job. I'm so proud of you. And he looks like, I did do it. And yes, okay. And he was so proud. And he kept reminding us. He's like, I did a good job, right? I slept. And I'm like, you did. You did exactly. And then he cashed in on his promises. See, my son has good faith, right? And, and I, and I got to maintain that faith so he understands the promises of God. He started saying, remember, Daddy, you said you were going to get me a Charizard. I'm like, yeah, I, I did say that. And then he said, oh, and you remember you promised me you were going to get me a, a, a McDonald's for dinner. I was like, oh, I did say that. Yeah, you're right. This boy started cashing in on all his promises. He remembered every single one. And as soon as I would fulfill one, he started going back in his memory banks like, what else did my parents promise me? That is the faith we need to have. The kind that says, you know what? I can trust God because if he, he said he will do it, he has done it before. Therefore, I can trust him again. That's the faith we need to have. Faith like a five-year-old, right? So this, the, the, this, this, um, Talk about the thirst, about the wine, the milk. It's not just for Israel. It's for us too, right? We all thirst. How many of you have ever, you know, played a sport on a sunny day? Maybe it doesn't even have to be sunny. You can be indoors. If you sweat a lot, your body starts palpitating, asking for water. Like me right now, I'm preaching. I want to get water, but I want to keep going. This is too good, right? But right now, immediately in my body, my tongue is drying up. I can feel like, oh, I want water. Same thing. There is this need. My body's telling me with these symptoms of, of, of like dehydration, saying, hey, you need to replenish with water. And so we can have water. I, and this is true. Uh, during football practice back in high school, we would have garden hose water. Our coaches would give us water through like this garden hose on a pipe on a fence with little holes drilled. And we were all like little dogs. It's like, oh, this is good. It tastes like water from Switzerland, right? Like it was perfect, but it's not good water. Why do I mention all of that? Because in the same manner, all of us thirst, right? We may be thirsting for the wrong things, though. And this is why God's invitation to come and consume his waters, to have some of his waters, is not just fixed on in Isaiah. This is a reoccurring theme that even Jesus explicitly talks about. You see, in John chapter 4, there's an encounter that Jesus does with, with a Samaritan woman. Both of them are approaching a well. And Jesus is asking her, for her to give him water. And she refuses, you know, this whole idea with status and like, well, you're of this and I'm of this. God was setting it up because he really wanted to uh, bring forth this, 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 this understanding of God's water. 
and the thirst he's there to quench. Watch this. Read with me John chapter 4, verse 13 through 14. It says this. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. Talking about the water from the well. But no one who drinks the water I give will ever be thirsty again. The water I give will become in that person a flowing fountain that gives eternal life. God is making a clear distinction between his water and the water she's uh, uh, there to grab. First of all, he's offering the water. So the source is coming from Jesus. The water she's grabbing is from a well dug up by a human, right? She has to work meaning grab a bucket, bring it down, bring it back up. She's laboring for that water versus he's offering it to her. The labor's coming from Jesus, right? His water quenches thirst. Her water, she has to come back for this. It's a constant work. Notice the water from her is coming from a well. It's stagnant. It may be smelly. It may, if, if someone throws a contaminant in there, then that, that water's no good. It's only as good as how it's kept. Now, Jesus' water, it says that it's like a flowing fountain. This water moves. It gives life. So what can we said, be said about all this? What God is trying to offer you is life-changing water, not just life-giving, life-changing. Uh, rocks get molded by the constant flowing of water. Same with our hearts. The more we fill in with this water, the more we get molded into the image that God wants. Your what? Look, your life should look completely different the moment you start consuming more and filling more on the water from God. You should not. Your life should not look the same because otherwise, you're not really drinking God's water. Where's this water coming from? How can it give life? Well. Revelations 22, one says, the angel showed me a river that was crystal clear and its waters gave life. Again, life-giving waters. This river, notice river, moving water, came from the throne where God and the lamb were seated. Well, who's the lamb? That's Jesus. Guys, all of this ties back to Jesus. Isaiah, the last chapters on, 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 on hope and restoration. It's just it's God's Instagram for Jesus. These are pictures of Jesus, right? It's showing you, you want life, you want change, you want satisfaction. Jesus, 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 the answer. So I'll, I'll ask this question. If you're not drinking of this water, are you living? No, I would say not. I say, if you are drinking of the water, if you're not drinking of the water that only God can supply, then here's the thing. You're not living, you're existing. That's, that's not a way to live. What's existing look like? Existing looks like you wake up, you go to work, you're miserable at work, you drive back home, have a dinner, go to sleep, and repeat. There's nothing motivating about that. There, you feel like there's no satisfaction, there, there's no purpose. Like, what's the point, right? That's existing. But see, with Jesus, it's different because even when you wake up, moment of praise. God, thank you so much. I'm alive. I have breath in my lungs. You get to work and you're like, look at all these people I can share about the constant changing that God's doing in my life. Like everything becomes a purpose for God. You, you, you are given, like there's a reason for your existence. There's a reason for you to have life. That is the purpose of life giving waters. There's no way you can drink God's water and not experience this change. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24 says this, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature. See, this, this is where that change needs to begin, right? And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Again, if you're drinking of this water from God, your life should look different. Your, your, your way of thinking should change. You should not delight in the things that you used to once do because you know that this doesn't please God, right? Your focus now is how can I please God? How can I worship God? How can I be more thankful with God, right? It's this constant flowing and this flowing is coming from the spirit of God. And it makes now more sense why in God's party you're being offered life-giving waters, wine. Wine is like a symbol of celebration. And the milk now makes more sense. Milk is nourishment for a baby. It develops a baby. It causes the baby to grow, to change, right? So this milk, 
at the party is God's way of saying, I will nurture you. I will love on you. I will protect you, but I will also cause growth. I will develop you. I will show you the purpose of, of, of the writing I'm doing in your life, right? This would be so silly if we saw a 10-year-old baby, 10-year-old child that's acting like a baby, that looks like a baby, that babbles like a baby. Why? Because that's not normal. There's no change. We need to see change because in God's life-giving waters, it's the Spirit of God coming into your life and making change. Just like a river cuts a, a, a stone and molds it, so too does the Word of God. So too does the Spirit of God. If you believe that, say amen. God is in the business of changing lives. Now, Isaiah 52 says, why waste your money on what really isn't food? Why work hard for something that doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and you will enjoy the very best foods. You can have all the money in the world and it may account for nothing in eternity. Think about uh, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. These guys are super loaded. Did that buy happiness in their marriage? No, right? Uh, think about all the, the all the wisdom in the world. I, I think about geniuses like Einstein. Did that protect them from Nazi Germany? No. What about like Stephen Hawking? Super amazing brain with, with physics, right? But that didn't undo his crippled state. So having all of this doesn't mean life is guaranteed with satisfaction, right? The, the author of Ecclesiastes uh, sums it up this way. You can have all the wisdom, all the power, all the pleasure in this world, and it amounts to nothing from the perspective of eternity. It's all hevel or vapor. So it's like we're trying to fill our lives with vapor. Can you imagine trying to fill a bowl with vapor? That's silly, right? Like the, 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 that's not how it works. Well, the same thing goes for us. We have a God-sized hole in us. What does that mean? That's in your heart, there is an impression made by God that is meant to house the Spirit of God. Only God can fill it. Nothing in this world can fill it. You can put everything, wealth, money, pleasure, fame, all of it, and it'll be like vapor. It will never amount to fully filling it. And that is what having a life without God is. It's constantly thirsting for the wrong things, trying to fill it up with the wrong things, and never amounting to the full satisfaction from God. All of this to say, when we reject God and try to replace Him with other things in our heart, and that whole meant for Him, that becomes a sin. Rejecting God is a sin. Trying to fill him with other things becomes a sin because those things become idols. And God made it very explicit. He doesn't want us to go into idolatry, into idol worshiping. It's the first set of commandments in the first 10 commandments, right? He said, do not worship any other God. Do not create idols. Do not bow down to idols. In other words, God is jealous. He says, I have a spot I created in your heart meant for me, for my spirit. Do not fill it with other things. Jeremiah uh, chapter 2, verse 13 says this, You, my people, have sinned two ways. You have rejected me, the source of life-giving water. Notice the connection there again. And you tried to collect water in cracked and leaking pits dug in ground. In other words, what is Jeremiah saying here? When we seek after the things of this world, okay, what we're doing is we've rejected God, and we're now trying to fill our void, the void that belongs to God, that place that houses God's spirit. We're trying to fill it with water from the world. And the problem, the danger you can run into that is, sure, you may find uh, joy and, and entertainment in, in like maybe sports, right? Uh, maybe celebrities or movies. But when those wells dry up, then what? If your joy and peace and dependency comes from that stuff, it's not lasting. If you find uh, satisfaction in, in your girlfriend, your wife, husband, or boyfriend, because they're young, they're beautiful and funny, I'll tell you this, you know, stud muffins like us, we're not always cute and beautiful, right? We wake up on the wrong side of the bed once in a while. What happens then? You know, it won't be right. We cannot have our joy dependent on the things from this world. God is saying, you've sinned two ways. One, you rejected me. And two, you're trying to fill the part that's meant for me with other things from this world. We can't do that. Oh, Christianity just sounds like, a, you know, a lot of do's and don'ts. I don't know. I'd rather live life my own way. But here's the problem with that way of thinking. The irony with that is that you may think you're living freely, but in reality, you're, a, you're living in bondage to sin. 
You're living in bondage to sin. Why? Because these systems of wells, again, you're, de- you're always thirsting. You have to come back for more. You have to, and you're working for it. And it's dependent on your circumstances, on your skills and abilities. I don't have any of that. So I, I motivate myself to go, why would I want to work when God's already offered it? Jesus has already paid for this. This is the best thing in this world. I have some notes that I took from uh, the Happier You series, and, and I think it works really well with today's message. Pastor JB shared this. Sin and satisfaction, or sin and happiness, don't go together. Sin and misery go together. Happiness and holiness, which means being close to God. Remember, peace with God means no more sin. You're connected now with God. Those go together. See, God's commands are not shackles of satisfaction. Instead, they are keys to unlocking greater happiness. Okay? A life with God, his commands are not meant to oppress you. They're meant to guide you. Again, like a streaming river, it's going to cut. It's going to mold. You're going to change. It's meant to do that, but not to oppress you, to give you life. These are life-giving waters. So why work hard for something that doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and you will enjoy the very best foods. Here's a challenge to all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus. We are called to share to the world the good news of what God is doing in our lives. If we are to go and say these are the best foods, then consider this. Is our actions mirroring that good news? If we're thirsting for the same things that the people of the world are and drinking from those wells, we're sending a mixed message, guys. John Piper of the book Desiring God writes this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So what are we thirsting for? Verse 3, this is the last call. It says, pay close attention to me and live, and I will promise you the eternal love and loyalty that I promised David. Three times God says, come. It's an open invitation. But this last one comes with a warning. Not just the promise of life, but this is a last call. Why? Because God is not going to entertain and wait for you. He's a gentleman. He will never force you into this party. It's a decision you have to make. In a store, when we make those last calls, right? Uh, store closes 9, 9 p.m. You go in at 8.50, and the store manager says, hey, make you up your transaction, bring your stuff up. We're going to close the door. Same thing here. God is saying, this is my last appeal. I don't know what more I can explain to you that this is the very best. This is what you need. This is what you've been thirsting for. I have it because my son paid for with his life this peace. I want to give this to you. Now, he references his loyalty that he offered David. David's piety has nothing to do with it. David failed like you and I did. David uh, lusted after a woman, ended up killing her husband indirectly. Uh, he, He was not the very best of fathers. His kids were killing each other because one raped the other, and the other one was upset that dad didn't, you know, bring down justice enough. It's a mess. He had moments of pride where he counted his army boasting on, on what he had. He was imperfect. The reference of loyalty to David was this, that in spite of all that, it's God's goodness that God still made promises, that God still kept his promises. This is a great news for you and me because you and I are not perfect. We have our moments. And when those moments kick in, we can trust in God knowing that, hey, we're at peace through your son, Jesus. And I want to feel more of, of my, my, my heart with your spirit, God. I don't want to thirst after the wrong things of this world. Isaiah 55, 6-7 says this, Turn to the Lord, he can still be found. Call out to God, he is near. Give up your evil ways and your evil thoughts. Return to the Lord our God. He will be merciful and forgive you of your sins. I want you to circle, he can still be found. Again, this is the last call. And so I pose this question again. If God is making this final appeal to fill you in your life and you have no desire to accept it, consider this. Could it be that you're too full off junk food? Could it be that you're too full off the things of this world? Vapor? Why else would we reject something this wonderful? But maybe... Just maybe there's some of you out there listening that has, this is, you're new to Christianity 
And, and this is exactly what you've been looking for. That this satisfaction, this peace with God, because you need that peace here on earth. If this is you, then I want to pray for you first. I want to pray with you and, and respond to God's invitation, right? Let's accept it. Let's come to the party and delight in this life-giving waters. Right now, you should be able to see on, on the screen a QR code. And, and I want you to scan that. Or if not, in the chat, you should be able to see a link. And it's going to open up a prayer. And I want to read this prayer with you. And I want the church to, to, re, uh, to make this prayer uh, as a sign of unity and encouragement for those who are about to uh, respond to this invitation. Because the first thing before having a life of satisfaction is you have to find peace with God. And God is offering it. But this is the last call. Accept it and bring it up for that transaction. So if you're ready to pray that prayer, let's pray it together. Dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins and rose again to give me life. Today I open up my heart and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you made that prayer, congratulations. Not only are you in the party, but we are family. You're part of a huge family in Christ, and, and there's a lot to celebrate. I would like for you to visit MyThrive.info and, and click, I, I want to receive Jesus. Fill out that form. Let us know so we can celebrate with you and give you some gifts to start you on this journey. The best is yet to come. You've made the best response to this call. And, and I can't wait to see your life change because it starts right now. Your life will never be the same. Now for the rest of us who, who have accepted this invitation and are at the party, maybe there are moments where you, you find yourself in worry. Maybe there are moments where you find yourself wanting more, maybe more money, a bigger house, a different job. And I'll ask you this. Are you asking for the thing or are you looking for peace that only God can give you in that area of your life? Because if it's the thing you're after, then you're going after a mirage of consumerism, thinking that if you get more, you'll be more happy. But we're falling into the trap again. You may be at the party of God only to starve yourself. How about this? Let's draw near to God and fill up with his word. Okay? His word is our source for hope. It's there where we find his promises, right? Where we can remind ourselves, if God said it, he will do it because he's done it before. Faith like a five-year-old. But sometimes it's really hard to draw close to God. I know it. Like, I've experienced that just within this week. It's really hard. And you know what it is? It's sin keeping us distant from God. It's that shame that we, we have. So let's do this. Let's respond to God's invitation to accept also, not just go into the party, but to accept that life-giving waters, life-changing waters. And let's respond by first asking for forgiveness to clean off all that shame so that we could go in and delight in this party. Don't wait for me to stop talking. Start thinking and, and talking to God and say, God, forgive me uh, of this sin this past week. Maybe it's the way I talk to, to my spouse. Maybe it's the way I, I behave with my friends. Maybe it's the thoughts that come to my mind. Whatever it may be, whatever shame it may bring, just know this, Jesus laid down his life so that you don't have to carry on that burden of shame, that you can come at peace with God. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me and that you're merciful to forgive me of my sins. Today, I ask that you wash away my sins. I ask that you remove the desire to sin against you and that you fill me with your living waters. When I hunger for more, I can turn to your word as the bread that gives me new life and hope. I give you all the praise and the glory in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. My friend, you have no more shame. Give God some glory. Amen.
He is merciful to forgive. Let us delight in his presence. Let's invite him into our living rooms or wherever you may be and just delight in his presence and, 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 and his life-giving waters. Let's worship together as a church. I invite the worship band to lead us into a moment of worship and praise. Oh, so beautiful, 
to Raul for bringing the message today and thank you each and every one of you for joining us here today at Thrive Church Online. As we close off our service today, for those who call Thrive Church your home church, you just believe in the work that God is doing here. Let's continue to give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. Not only does he add everything we need, but he also builds his church through us. And so when you give, know that when you're giving, you're not just giving to the local church, but you're also assisting and supporting uh, and investing in the work that God is doing in other places around the world as well. And so I encourage you to give. Go to mythought.info to do so. As we close off, let me pray one last prayer for you. Let's just pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the invitation you make to each and every one of us to know and experience the love, the peace, the promises, your presence, the hope that only come from you. And we thank you, God, that there's nothing else in the world that could ever take the place of the hope that you bring and the relationship we have in you. Thank you, God, that when you saw the God-sized hole in our heart, you sent someone to fill that hole. His name is Jesus. And so we just say, Jesus, we belong to you. We say we'd be glorified in all of our lives. We say it's all about you. And so since it's all about you, we pray all of your blessing, all of your peace, your protection, healing, comfort, strength, wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here so that we can live for you and your glory, knowing that the best is yet to come. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That brings us to a close here at Thrive Church, but the worship continues. Let's continue to worship God in all that we do. We'll see you guys really soon. See you guys next week for Father's Day. You don't want to miss our Father's Father's Day celebration and the continuation of our series, Waiting for Sunrise. Make sure you sign up for Thrive Disciple School, level three. You don't want to miss that either. Have a great week, everybody. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Pastor JB, and thank you, Rahul, for a powerful message today. Now for the announcements. If this is your first time visiting us, we would love to hear from you. Text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we will mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. It's our way of saying thank you for spending your precious time with us online. If you pray the prayer to receive Jesus Christ into your life today, we're so excited for you. We have prepared a gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. Please let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 or by visiting mythrive.info and click I want to ask Jesus into my life. There will be a link to an online form. It will only take you less than a minute to fill out the form and your gift will be on its way to you. And if you would like to take your next step following Jesus by getting baptized or find out more about baptism, go to mythrive.info to sign up. Thrive Discipleship School Level 3, Embracing Your God-Given Shape, is finally here. TDS Level 3 will be taking place from Wednesday, July 14 to Wednesday, August 25th. For registration, please visit mythrive.info. Space is limited. Father's Day is around the corner. Thrive has prepared a special gift to all the super dads out there. If you're a dad, please visit mythrive.info and let us know your mailing address and we'll send your Father's Day gift straight to your door. 
Last but not least, we want to invite you to join us next Sunday at Thrive Church Online at 9.30am and 11.30am for episode 11 of Waiting for Sunrise Message Series. That is all for the announcements. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a privilege spending this time with you. Don't forget to give online at mythrive.info. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you again next week, same time here at Thrive Church Online. Stay blessed and healthy and remember you are always in our prayers.